The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. And we're back here on Analyze This. We're wrapping up a conversation with uh, Tony Dwayne Henry, and uh, we're going to uh, bring on the Department of Labor as we deal with... Uh, uh, fraud awareness week 2022 so you were saying um attorney henry yes what i was saying is when we talk about democratic dominance with the exception of wang loi only democratic governors have been re-elected you know? re-elected correct yeah correct yeah and he got, he got re-elected twice though that's, that, that, that's how dominant he was he got re-elected twice he's the yeah, one yeah 10 years yeah, yeah. Like, well, well technically it's nine Right, because he took mm-hmm. over in in January of seventy eight, but because right. um, his predecessor, uh, Governor Cyril King, wasn't well for for most of seventy seven, and, and and he was calling shots. They say ten, but technically, uh, it, mm-hmm. it, it was nine years. Anyway, thanks for right. the bushy. Um, we'll of catch course. up again, uh, maybe later this week. Okay. I'll let you know. Okay. Okay. Take care. You got it. That's Attorney okay. Dwayne Henry, regular contributor. Of course, you know we do we do the table talk on Monday, uh, and then uh, during the week. We got a little bush. Well, now, um, you got these big shots from the Department of Labor just walking uh, the studio here. And then we also have someone on the line as well. It is not national. It's international. Oh, I'm going to check this right. International Fraud Awareness Week, November 13th to November 19th. So this is from Sunday to this Saturday, right? Yes, good morning. Okay, yes, good. yes so, National so, Fraud Prevention Week. Okay, well, you see, that's what I'm trying to tell you, right? <laughs> that's what I thought. That, that it's national for us, but it's really a global thing. It's that's internationally right. fraud awareness. But before we get into that, let me get some introductions here. Um, let the public know who I'm talking to, you young lady. Good morning, good morning to all of the listening audience. My name is Nisha Christian Hendrickson. I'm one of the assistant commissioners as well as the legal counsel for the Virgin Islands Department of Labor. Very happy to be here today. Good. Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good morning, good morning, everyone. I'm Davina Martinez, Public Information Officer at the Department of Labor, here with you today. Awesome. And who do we have on the, on the line with us? Good morning. This is Beryl Todman on the line with you. And good morning to uh, everyone in the studio and to the listening audience. Again, I'm Beryl Todman, and I'm the Integrity coordinator for unemployment insurance. Okay, awesome. Now, you said National um, Fraud Prevention Week? That's correct. what it is? That's correct. International. No, hold on, hold on. We, we, we are getting to all of that. Day. We don't establish that already, but uh, for, 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 the, for the purposes of this part of the conversation, we're going to keep it within the confines of America, and then we're going to go global. So, National Fraud Prevention Week. Correct. Tell us about that, Assistant Commissioner. So what we are really focusing on this year, um, as we do in this week on a regular basis, is preventing fraud, whether it be in the unemployment insurance system, which we're going to focus on more today, but preventing fraud, period, in the government sphere in the nation, and of course, as Ms. Sadman alluded to, Mm -hmm. in the world. So um, we know that there's certain reasons why people engage in fraudulent activities. We're going to get into that some more. And we also know just kind of as a a discussion that the activities that happened during the pandemic created a circumstance where 
they have accounted to almost $100 billion, $87 billion of uh, funds were taken by fraudsters for a variety of different reasons. So it's really important for us to have awareness about how to prevent fraud and for the persons in our community to know what to do about it if they encounter it. Okay. Ms. Tadman, what's the, what's, the, what's the key indicators that fraud may be occurring? Um, well, for the claimant, we have two different uh, avenues here. We have fraud with the claimant and we have fraud with the um, employers. On the claimant side, and when you apply for unemployment, we go through a series of solutions, your personal identification information, we have to verify that now, and all. So if uh, someone sees um, something happening with their identification, with their checking account, their savings account with their money, they need to pay attention to it. More so today than yesterday. And, and, and the, the referencing of what took place in the pandemic, how, how, how rampant was it in the Virgin Islands? It happened. Or, or prevalent, if not rampant. How prevalent was it in the Virgin Islands? Yes, we did have some of it happening here. But compared to other states, we're just a percentage, small percentage. And, and I can get into why. So one of the things that we did in the beginning of the pandemic is require that everybody go through what we call regular unemployment. So you would have to come into the office demonstrate that you were who you were by giving us a, a ID and filling out some paperwork. That step alone made it so, it made it much more difficult for fraudsters because a lot of the activities in the States are all electronic transactions. And so they didn't have that initial step. And so a lot of the fraudsters couldn't get into our system in the beginning. Once we went online, it exposed us in some other Mechanisms and we were able to clamp that down, but that's one of the reasons why we had a significantly less here than in, um, in the mainland. Okay, Miss uh, Martinez, let me bring you in here. The, the The labor department is is known for a high profile uh, PR um, machine, so to speak. Right. I don't. I don't. Um, you got local talk with a user. I don't skylack. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> when it comes to uh, informing the public mm -hmm. as to the different programs and all that stuff um, associated um, with the Department of Labor, one of the things that the, the agency was doing early on was discouraging people from wanting to get involved in that type of nefarious and criminal act, act, activity. It, 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 I think it worked. Right, for the most part? I believe so. And um, with technology the way it is right now, people are more aware of it. No one wants to be um, plastered on the front page of any news outlet or anything like this or anything like that. Um, we definitely make it our business to educate people as much as we possibly can, put the news out there, put the information out there. Um, we always let people know how to prevent fraud, how to report fraud, um, and we'll get that information to you later on in the conversation. But we're always out there putting our faces there and making sure everybody knows what's going on. That's, that, that, that's critical um, because you can't assume people know what's going on. Right, exactly. Right, okay, good. Um, Assistant, Assistant Commissioner, uh, in general, um, there are penalties, significant penalties for committing crimes of this nature, isn't it? Oh, definitely. <clears throat> so one of the things that um, P.I.O. Martinez alluded to and it's something that 
you know, we want people to understand loud and clear is that if you commit fraud, if you intentionally mislead the department, whether it is on the unemployment side or in some of the other areas like workers' comp, there are penalties to, one, recover the funds, and two, to be transferred to the Attorney General's office for further prosecution. So mm -hmm. it's not just that we're going to get back the money and say, okay, you did a wrong thing, we're going to let you go down the road. Mm -hmm. No, we're going to make sure that you are turned over to the proper authorities for the next level of, of investigation and processing. So, for example, there's a process, and, and Ms. Todman can go into this a lot more, called overpayments. So in the event that you are overpaid, so we gave you a certain amount of money, but it was more than you were entitled to, then you would have what we would call an overpayment. Now, some overpayments you create for yourself because you know you're working a job. You didn't tell us you're working a job. We gave you the money under the impression that you weren't working. And so now we have to ask for that money back. Now, if in the event that you did this for many, many months, you might have a significant amount to pay back. Mm -hmm. And then we would have to set up a payment plan with you or some other mechanism to get the funds back. And that's in the event that you know you, you did the wrong thing and you didn't let us know that you were actually working or some other activity. Now, now, now overpayment may not always be intentional. Absolutely. Right? That's there, correct. There, there, is, there is negligence. Absolutely. Right? And that's error. That's human error. That's correct. Right? So in, in that case... Um, that can be recognized by the agency and they can say, look, we realize, you know, we, we made a mistake here. We can go about dealing with this in a very amicable way. That's absolutely correct. And that's what we consider non-fraud. Okay. So there are two different categories, mm -hmm. but what we're talking about more is people who know for sure they were working. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> there were instances that, you know, people allege that the employer was paying them for half time and they know they were coming to the office and we had to do investigations. So there's a there's a, a wide variety of activities that were happening, especially people who were getting PPP and they're also getting unemployment. And so we had to investigate a variety. And, and Ms. Todman's unit does a lot of that investigation to ensure that uh, people who have overpayments are required to pay back and to discourage, you know, going forward, which is part of the reason why we are here today to bring awareness. Okay, good. Ms. Todman, the, the Department of Labor was vested with um, stewarding multiple programs um, as a result of the pandemic. I remember the commissioner would come in here. Nine. And yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> every, 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 every other appearance, there were new programs mm -hmm. um, and old ones that were sunsetting and all that stuff. So, how, how do we close out, how do they close out a particular program and then at that time uh, look to see if there may have been intentional violations or errors on, on the part of the agency? Well, that's a great question. So well, that's, that's why you're on, a great, you're, on a great, you're on a great show. You're on a great show. So you get great questions on a great show. <laughs> each, 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 um, each program had a timeline to begin and then the sunset as to end mm -hmm. the program. So with every time the program ends and they came up with a new program, it had a different name and a different timeline. So our system had to be re reset in order to accommodate the, um, the claimant's applications and to apply the proper uh, timelines to it because it was different funding, what we call different funding sources for each program. And so we had to get our unemployment insurance tech people 
to reset the system to accommodate each program, and that's how we were able to keep up with it. Because we also have to report back to the Fed for each program. Mm-hmm. How many people, how much money, and the eligibility, and all that stuff, all the mechanisms of putting together, getting um, your unemployment check. Uh, it's a lot of solutions that we have to go through before a check can be issued so we have to put everything in place and that took time and so when people say oh I didn't get my check I applied it because we had to make sure that all of those um, technical things were put in place to be able to generate it properly and account for the funding based on the program and and just to add as a footnote this is also important to say that this is all based in law so each one of the programs that Ms. Sadman was as alluded to, is based in uh, a law that the Congress passed to be able to get people benefits at a time where we were under the pandemic. So when the the federal law said this is the end of the program, we of course complied with that that particular ruling. If they said it was an extension, we then up, uh, applied that here as well. Ms. Martinez, you could jump in anytime. I know that you're the, the the PR person. You all the data and all that stuff. So <laughs> help us out here. <laughs> Oh gosh, you catch me when I was distracted, sir. I'm terribly sorry about that. No, no, no. I see you got a laptop there, so you got the data, or I'm sure there are things there that you could, you know, um, enlighten us with. So, based on what we're talking about here, like talk about the the, the multiple programs, nine of them, right? That that, that were referenced, and a lot of them are uh, uh, sunset. Um, so that means that there's a level of review that takes place after each program, right? The agency. Well, there's always a level of review. Um, with every program that we have, it's uh, very intense. Um, a lot of different players are a part of it. So when we um, we go through the process, mm-hmm. you know. Sorry, my thoughts just yeah. evaded. No, 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 no. Basically, basically, what, what what you're saying is every program. Of course, if it's sunset, that means that there's there's a fixed window for when folks can access for assistance through the Department of Labor, right? right? And, and let's say a program may last 180 days, right? At that point, um, you, son, you, you close off the program, you got to go through a review because Ms. Ms. Tadman just mentioned we got to report back to the federal government because they're making money available to the agency, right? Right. And then you have a responsibility to let the public know prior to the program opening the, well, the, the dates, the, the deadlines, all of that, and the requirements, right? And requirements, right. Yeah. Ain't everybody eligible for no for for what going on there, no. and that's a that's a critical part of of, of making sure that uh, our agency, when it's stored in a program, that it allows for you to know the parameters under which you're conducting the program, right? Right, right. Because even so, certain programs have age restrictions. Certain programs have a lot of different requirements that you have to meet. So mm-hmm. you definitely have to make sure that you're aware of what you're trying to apply for, and you meet with the correct people within the department so that we can guide you. You know. And then, and then, how does my friend Gary Halliard, his role? Because he's a numbers man, a stats man. Like, yeah. He, yeah. He, he'll be he'll be processing processing all that information for the break. Everything. Everything. <laughs> Every number he will sit here and laugh. Every number for you. <laughs> he, had, he had a dual role in the department. He is the director of the Bureau of Labor Statistics, mm-hmm. as well as the acting director of unemployment insurance. So he had a dual role. So he was really a, a very key part to making sure that all of this flowed um, and that we're able to be able to do the best that we could under the circumstances. No, let me ask this question. Have we had that? Uh, worst case scenario where you all had to refer people to the attorney general's office? We have referred people to the police department for them to 
to go on to okay. further uh, so that's processing. The that's the first step. That's the step. The, because they have, because of course people have due process. Mm -hmm. So you we make the response to the police department. They they investigate further and then they they take it to the AG's office. Have Have there been instances where um, somebody may have been deemed to violate, and they they said no 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 that ain't what happened. And after we went through the review, it was true. I have not seen where we got it wrong. However, I'm not saying that mm -hmm. I know every case, but I don't I don't believe that uh, we were making allegations of people who, um, in this particular circumstance, did not. Um, have some degree of knowledge of what we're doing, especially in the in the fraud context. Mm -hmm. Non-fraud is a different thing. Like you said, a lot of people were not familiar with the programs, and so some people uh, would have said, oh, I, I worked this week, but I didn't work this week, and they might have gotten confused. That's a different story. Mm -hmm. We had definitely had some of those instances. Okay. I, I'll, I'll give you an example. We had a program called Lost Wages Assistance, and the question was, uh, were you affected by covid and people read that to say, did you have COVID? Yeah. And that's not what it meant. Yeah. And so they said no. And they really meant yes. And they would have been able to be eligible for the program. So mm -hmm. there was miscommunications in, in that kind of way or misunderstandings. That's a whole different thing than what we're talking about today, which is people intentionally violating the law or misrepresenting to the department. Ms. Tadman, what about our, um, the, over in St. Thomas, St. John, where we got a lot of folks working at restaurants and all that stuff, and they uh, generate a, a significant amount of their revenue via wages, and, and all that stuff and the programs that they were eligible for. Um, did, did, did the local people take advantage of that? Yes, they did. Um, a lot of the people in the hospitality area yeah. were affected by COVID, and they took advantage of the program. The ones that had an issue, like uh, Assistant Commissioner alluded to, where they did not read the questions properly or they didn't interpret it, were you able, and one of the biggest questions, were you able and available to work. So if work was available for you, were you available to work? Were you able to work? And a lot of times they didn't answer that correctly. Um, another issue we've had with those, with that group of uh, uh, people was they get back to work, they're working, they're making wages, and they did not tell us. So it comes up in an overpayment once the, com once the company sends in their quarterly wage report that comes in and we have a system we'll do a cross match we call it and it matches your name and social with what the company reports and there we look you will get you were bidding paid mm -hmm. at the same time you were collecting unemployment that goes directly to overpayment we gonna pick it up we're gonna pick it up right there when we come back for this break we got department of labor joining us here at national fraud prevention week we'll be back right after this what is the secret to happiness? That's a really good question. And how can we live a more meaningful existence? Here's the secret, I think, of life. I'm Anoush Zamarodi. Each week on NPR's TED Radio Hour, we go on a journey with TED speakers who help us answer some of life's biggest questions. Oh, wow. Yeah, let's get right to it. Join us. Saturdays at 4 p.m. Here on WTJX FM 93.1. On Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, we are not afraid to stand up to the high and mighty like Jeff Bezos. He had that big that cowboy hat on. <laughs> he looked like, like a shrink ray had hit Garth Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Peter Sagel. Join me as we speak truth to power, at least until power agrees to buy us out on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. 
Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. All of us want to know what's going on, but only some of us want to know the why. That's where we come in. 1A is a place for the curious. Daily conversations for those looking to make sense of our world. I'm Jen White. I hope you'll join me next time for 1A. Catch 1A at its new time. Weekdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. I'm Deepa Fernandez from Public Radio's Midday News Magazine, Here and Now. We'll bring you all the news that happens between the morning headlines and the afternoon wrap-up, plus conversations with authors and artists, stories that affect you, maybe a story about you. So please join us for Public Radio's midday news magazine, Here and Now. Weekday afternoons from 3 to 5 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1. And we're back here, and like this Department of Labor is in the house. Um, we've got uh, Misha Christian Hendrickson, mm-hmm. right? Good. Okay, good. We got um, Davina Daviette <laughs> Rona, right? Little Rona, that's what it is. Little Rona Martinez, and we got Miss Beryl St. Thomas. Join us. Good morning, once again, ladies. Good morning. good morning, good morning. Okay, good. You were saying something, Ms. Tadman, there, with respect to um, the referral part when you're looking at uh, uh, overpayment um, because uh, an, an employee um, may have been uh, in the hospitality business, may have been um, benefiting from a program at the same time they were working? Correct. You have to report that you're working. And we have mechanisms in place that would cross-reference and check that information. It mightn't be done immediately because our, our reports come in every quarter. The um, employers are required to report quarterly, mm-hmm. your wages quarterly. So you might have collected your benefits in, say, in June, and we didn't get that report until after that because the quarter ended June 30th. But you worked in June, and you collected unemployment in June. So you'll be required that overpayment hits us and say once it's post, all the data is posted and we get that match, we then have to investigate it and ask you why. We call you up. We ask the employer to verify that you did work in that time period and you either say yes or no. And we can verify that you did work. Employer said so. The burden of proof is on you to say that you did not work in that period. And if you can't confirm it, then you have to pay the money back. Okay, that's uh, that's pretty straightforward to me. Now, Assistant Commissioner, um, the Department of Labor is is a very important agency for a number of different reasons, right? First yeah. of all, um, we gotta make sure labor laws are respected. Correct. Right? Correct. And you also compile data, which actually um, lets the 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 those who are interested and need to know about our workforce and unemployment, um, um, get them informed, That's right? Correct. That's correct. Now, um, on the mainland, um, from a political perspective, I'm not bringing you into positive, I'm just using this mm-hmm. as a reference, mm-hmm. 
the jobs report that comes out the first Friday every month mm-hmm. um, is a big thing. That's a big Huge. data, right? Huge. Because it lets us know what unemployment is, number one. And number two, in particular, um, they break out into different areas mm-hmm. where um, the private sector, manufacturing, and all, and all that stuff. So it's important that, and this is the question now, that we have as accurate as possible data that's actually made available to your agency so that when the agency makes it available to the public, we have a, an example of where we at. Now, yesterday, the delegate referenced that our unemployment, even though unemployment on the mainland is, is very low, ours is still up there, uh, so to speak, right? Um, so when the agency ma- meets with the governor, right, and the powers that be who are the, the decision makers, are we confident that the Labor Department's um, data is is where it should be and we have enough uh you know resources in place in that area so that that data could be on point absolutely um so one of the things that you mentioned is that we collect information and we collect it in a variety of sources mm-hmm. the first the first source is one of the ways that um miss Tobin mentioned so those quarterly reports when employers and this goes back again to preventing fraud when the employers correctly and honestly report the wages of their employees that is pulled into a system to collect that data so if a a business does not say that um johnny is working on their payroll it affects the the data that we have in the community because we don't have an accurate reflection on what's happening number one number two when employers hire new people, that's also information that we collect that goes back to the cross match because we're going to respond to the new hires and then look at the roles to see who has been added. That's important for things like as far reaching as um, child support payments from IRS. There's a variety of sources that that, that new uh, higher reporting effects. So when employers report to us, that's important. And yes, we have the mechanisms in place to be able to collect the data. We have a whole team, which is the Bureau of Labor Statistics team, and they are the ones that help us compile to get that data. We posted a variety of sources, www.vidalviews.org. That is the site that we post a lot of the information. That's where you can find unemployment insurance rate and get a lot of the data um, to be able to be digested by the public. Ms. Martinez, you Laptop there, you know, cross your legs like you got something there. Uh, no, my legs ain't crossing. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> you like to mess with me. Yes, you know? yes, I do. <laughs> no, I mean, and you know, I just want to, to, to touch on the fact that people who commit these, you know, fraud and that kind of thing is not always someone with a criminal mentality and that kind of thing. Sometimes it's people that are generally honest and they just feel like they're in a tough position mm-hmm. and, you know, they maybe living beyond their means, they have financial difficulties. And, um, you know, if you know someone that, that, that may have some kind of red flag or something that, that is out of the norm, um, you know, talk to them. Have them report it. Or if you know someone who is committing fraud, report it. You know, it, it, it's, you don't want to be in a situation where you have to pay back money or even worse, you know, because nobody wants to do that, especially if you don't have the money to pay it back, mm-hmm. you know, so just do the right thing. No, no. Um, National Fraud Prevention Week is incorporated in International Fraud Awareness, right, week. And the reason why um, we have to look at it globally mm-hmm. um Assistant Commissioner and um, Ms. Tadman and Ms. Martinez uh, is because 
everything we do nowadays is so globally connected. Absolutely. So one of the things that we discovered in this process is that there were criminal rings that were con that were affecting even here in the territory based on some of the fraud. So one of the, the tools that we use at the department is the Identity Verification Hub. Mm -hmm. That is a, in connection with an organization on the mainland that's called the National Association of State Workforce Agencies. Mm -hmm. They assist all the states a variety of mechanisms. And one of the ways was to, in this area, track cases and claims that look suspicious and then report it back to all the rest of the states. And so there's a hub of information and Ms. Tadman's team helps to track the ones that we have locally, put them into the system. And so if they're reflected anywhere else in the nation, other people can be able to touch base on that and be able to stop what we call suspicious actors across the, the, the United States. And one of the things that I have been privileged to do is represent the Virgin Islands as well as uh, Rhode Island, Connecticut, New Jersey, uh, as a Region 2 director at that same organization. And we have been able to push to be able to use all of the tools, including the Identity Verification Hub. And, and Ms. Todman can speak to more about what that um, allows us to do, but it's been really crucial in, in helping us not only prevent fraud in the territory, but be on the cutting edge of information when it comes um, out in the nation. So, Ms. Todman, tell us about NASWA, which is, um, when I look, when I just pull it up mm -hmm. here, they say U.S. Department of Labor. So this is a U.S. Department of Labor creation. It's a it's a it's a it's a nonprofit organization yeah. that is in collaboration. It's is partially funded by the U.S. Department of Labor, mm -hmm. but every state chooses to be a member of the organization. They pay dues, and it and it represents in a nonpartisan way all of the state agencies, and it provides a variety of services. Some of them are technical. Some on the workforce side. Some on the there's a variety. Everything that has to do with workforce. Mm -hmm. This group, this organization, um, helps the states to be able to. Just, um, just, just to get some background before Ms. Tadman responds, NASWA was founded in, in the depths mm -hmm. of the Great Depression in the early years of unemployment insurance and employment service programs. It is an organization of state administrators of unemployment insurance laws, employment services, training programs, employment statistics, and labor market information. Mm -hmm. Throughout its more than 75-year history, NASWA has strengthened the workforce system through information exchange, liaison, and advocacy. And the guiding principles of NASWA are advance the state role in the workforce system, invest in training and professional development, and lead in coordinating local, state, and federal roles. So, Ms. Tadman, tell us about how we, we are incorporated into NASWA. Well, our, our unit here at the Department of Labor has signed on with the Integrity Data Hub, it's called, at NASWA. And we have biweekly meetings with them. We're a member of that or that subset, and we attend their biweekly meetings, um, where a group of us get together from different states, and we share information. What happened in your state? How did you deal with it? And we share that data around to enhance our day-to-day uh, -day operations. We also have in there they provide us with um, several tools to assist with um, personal ID, what's called PII, personal identification information. We have someone sit at the desk, and he his main job is to run every single claim that comes into labor through that solution that they provide. 
that will tell us if someone has um, had a claim open in another state, the same person. Is the Social Security number not looking right? It doesn't match. They think it's not a match. Um, a variety of areas they look at, and we, 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 um, we have someone specifically work in that particular program. It helps us quite a bit to identify what could be incorrect um, claims, or claims that are, I don't want to say fraud, but, but potential fraud claims. Mm-hmm. Um, this gentleman, he, he's our investigator, so he looks at them daily. Uh, they, they also send out alerts, whereas another state found that this claim is a fraud claim or it's suspicious in some way, the address didn't match or something didn't match, they put it into that database and the IDH integrity unit, they send it out to all the people, all the states that are registered uh, in that group. So we are in that group and we get those alerts daily. Sometimes we get 10, 15, 20 in a day. And we have to then put it into our system to see whether or not that person had a claim in the Virgin Islands. So, so for example, if in another state a person who was deceased, their social security number came up and then it was connected back to a claim, we would know, okay, based on this information, this is, can't be a, a valid claim and then we'd be able to stop that claim from going out the door. Mm-hmm. So, there's the, so the connection is really important. Yes, and just to, I don't know, Nisha, if you want to talk about it, we just got a new program last week, and as you talk about um, someone that's incarcerated or someone that's um, passed on to the great beyond, and you use that information to file a claim, when we run it through this new solution that we have, it'll show up that that's, that's false. And so we can send you a letter and let you know that we, you know, we can't accept your claim for whatever the reason is. But we just got this brand new program that would check for all these types of things. If you're incarcerated, when you were incarcerated, where you were incarcerated, if you're dead, when you died, date of, date of death, social security number is incorrect, doesn't belong to that person. The Virgin Islands now is on the cutting edge of technology in um eligibility for unemployment insurance. Ms. Um, Martinez, I, I mentioned earlier about labor laws and statistics being um, one of the, a tour de veins of the Department of Labor, but, but training and hiring um, our young people, that's also... Yeah, that is really huge at the Department of Labor. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, the youth, that's the future. So mm-hmm. we have to make sure that we have programs available for them and we really create what kind of community we're going to have in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite programs, and I always mention it, is, is the Lyft um, program, which was originally a summer internship. And it has been extended to fall, and we're extending it to the spring um, session as well. And that program gives um, the youth an opportunity to work um, for employers that are connected to the field of study that they're in, um, in their, I think it's the third, fourth year of college. So programs like that really helps us to guide the youth and create a, a, a very diverse um, workforce. And, and are we encouraging the youth to want to walk and number, that's number one and number two, stay away from nefarious behavior that could lead to 
to fraud and all that stuff? Absolutely, absolutely. We go into the villages, okay? Listen, we're all over the place. We're spreading the information. Um, we, we're all over social media. We, we are everywhere trying to get the information out. And um, we're not just waiting for you to come to us. We go out and we reach out to you. So, you know, you're going to know. That's, that's what you're talking about. <laughs> no, no um, I had to bring it up because... I don't want to have to believe I could just come here and get all these softball and easy questions. It's true my partner gone from them. Dr. Dixon in there with Honorable. Um that that is correct. Dr. Dixon went on to other opportunities. It, yeah. But we always encourage our young people yeah. when they're coming to take opportunities with us. Mm-hmm. We don't hold them back. No. We encourage them to con- yeah. continue their, their their forward career, yeah, their yeah, forward yeah, momentum. Yeah, but when when he when he come in at my show and gain all his profile and using this to broaden his scope and then he take his step, the least he could do is say, Well, Mr. James, and I had to hear about it just by happenstance. I've been in government house. I gonna tell her what happened. I've been uh-huh. in government house and uh and uh, the, I was talking to the governor. This is this is early August, and Carl Knight come in and said, "Look now, uh, bam, bam, bam." I said, "Why?" He said, "Yeah, well." So basically, what he was saying was, the young people nowadays ain't waiting for us to tell them when they can move. They are moving on their own. That is that is a hundred percent true. Yes, yeah, so yeah. I have no problem with that at all, right? Because you have to determine your own path, right? Yes. right? But but tell Mr. Dixon that that's all of this courtesy and exposure that we gave him here and I like this. At the very least, right? He could call and say, well, dog, again, you know what I mean? Is it? You know, and, but the, the future of workforce, like you said, is very mobile. People are changing and, and we encourage people to change their industries to learn about programs. And remember, fact, remember he was at the DMV first. Yeah, that's you know, true. And, that's then, true. and then he came to Iowa. So all I'm saying is, I understand that you go blaze your own path and all that stuff, right? But we're a small community, right? Ain't nothing wrong with saying, dag, be thing good against some places. I, 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 we, we're not saying that, we're not saying that, but just as this is also apprenticeship week, we have to encourage people to look and of to be course, able to, to access of all, the different, all the different training opportunities, apprenticeship activities, and then again. But the asset was mutual. He was an asset to labor and labor was an asset to him. Right. Right. And, Check and, and so don't don't play the don't 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 play, right? The value of the agency to our young people as well. Oh, I, I, I right. definitely wouldn't do so that. that's that, that's the point definitely, that I want yeah. to make. One one of the one of the things that we uh especially under the leadership of Director Sebastian, we have been able to really encourage young people at a higher level and mm-hmm. it's only gonna continue as 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 Miss Martin Heaton has mentioned that we have more resources in this area. We but getting back to fraud. Well, hold on a second. We're gonna take, <laughs> we're, we're gonna take a break. Can we get back to fraud? I just wanted to digress that a little bit because I didn't know if I would get the opportunity I want my good friend Dr. Kevin Dixon to know. I hear about you and you ain't tell your boy nothing. You know what I'm saying? That's all that was. We'll take a break. Uh we'll we'll have a, a great closing segment right after this with the Department of Labor. No, amiga, no puedo ir por la influenza. No te pierdas de disfrutar con los tuyos. La vacuna contra la influenza te protege a ti, a tus seres queridos y a tu comunidad. La vacuna es segura, eficaz y puedes ponértela al mismo tiempo que la vacuna del COVID-19 si tú quieres. No te conviertas en otro caso de la influenza. Vacúnate hoy. Para más información, visita punto vacunatecontralainfluenza.org. Presentado por AMA, CDC y el Ad Council. 
Hi, I'm Peter Sagal. You spent the week listening to the news. Don't you think you deserve to show off what you've learned on Wait, Wait, We Give You a Chance to Impress Your Friends with Your Knowledge of International Incidents, Political Gaffes, and the Latest Advancement in German Nudists? You'll be the life of the party! Or the death. Either way, you'll make an impression and you can thank Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. If it's happening around the world... NPR's Frank Langford is in London covering this one. Hey, Frank. Good morning. Cuba is experiencing its biggest anti-government protests. If it's happening here at home... On a blistering hot day in Twin Falls, Idaho... On the northeast border of Mississippi, where the river nourishes rich and green... Morning Edition from NPR News will take you there, wherever the story is. Listen every weekday. From 6 to 8 a.m. Here on WTJX FM 93.1. These days, people go to great lengths to shed the stress of daily life. There's acupuncture, deep tissue massage, meditation, yoga... At All Things Considered, we offer our own type of healing, invigorating news stories that span the rainbow of human experience. Nourish your mind and escape from the ordinary. Weekdays on All Things Considered from NPR News. From 5 to 8 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1. And we're back here on a Tuesday. Normally, they used to come on every last Tuesday of the month. Uh, but they're down on the middle Tuesday of the month. Uh, this this month, the Department of Labor, we got Assistant Commissioner Nisha Christian Hendrickson. We got uh, Miss Beryl Todman and uh, Davi. <laughs> Davi, I remember that. She liked that one. I love it. I, love it. I, I know, me, I, I, know I know, I know. <laughs> it's proud moments, man. Proud yeah, moments. I know, always. I know. That's the boy, you know what I mean? Davi yes. Martinez. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, Miss uh, Rona Martinez, Johnny Gasses, check this out. Um, Davina, right? Yes, sir. Davina, right? <laughs> so, the strength of my show is my audience. So, one of my listeners say, uh, Neville, how you could skin the man up on the radio like that? <laughs> and, and, I, and I say, right? He do me wrong. Had to touch him up a little bit when they mentioned the live program. So, that was like, right? <laughs> No, but check this out. Check this out, right? Uh, I'm ha- and I said, I'm happy for him. And she said, what a thing. The point that I'm making is this. Um, when the Department of Labor made appearances on the show, in particular the Lyft program, those are some of my best shows because the Lyft program, I mean, that was such a, that, that has been a success at the Department of Labor for decades. I, I believe, forget, I believe yeah. um, Carol Burke. More than 30 years. Yeah, I believe uh, when uh, assistant, uh, she was then Assistant Commissioner or That's Deputy Commissioner Carol Burke yes. was a former senator, was there to start the program. And the, and, and the quality of the students that were coming here with, with Dr. Dixon. And it wasn't even killed in COVID. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So that, that's all I was. So basically, I'm hurt. You know what I'm saying? I'm balling. So when Davina mentioned Lyft, I said, I'm aha, sorry, I'm sorry. aha. I could, I could get after my boy, but I want you, um, Dr. Kevin Dixon, to know that, that we're proud of you as a, as a Virgin right. Islander, educated Virgin Islander. And we actually mentioned that um, 
we like the fact that you're not sitting there waiting for someone to tap you on the shoulder and say, okay, we're ready for you in this area. No. Millennials, millennials, they ain't with that. No, you know what I'm saying? No. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. We are on to the next thing. You know what I'm saying? And you know, Vidal is creating stars. So, hey, yeah, exactly. we have stars You know what I'm saying? So, so basically, it was it was a touch-up and a, it was a complimentary right. touch-up. You know what I mean? That's that's all it was. And uh, <laughs> I, w- I wish you well, um, sir, uh, wherever you go. Now, that's just one housekeeping. The second housekeeping I want to bring up, um, um, <clears throat> where you, the listener, can go on the internet and check this out, www.fraudweek.com. Mm-hmm. And it shows uh, International Fraud Awareness Week. It's also, you'll see up in the corner, you'll see the acronym ACFE, which is the Association of Certified Fraud Examiners. It tells you the things that's going on during this week. There's a video to learn more about um, ACFE's annual International Fraud Awareness Week in a, in a short video. And also, um, they, 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 they give you an example of how to be a fraud fighter in your organization. And then there's a, there was this thing. Okay, here it is. A, uh, there was a, <clears throat> a disclosure where uh, they say resources. Companies lose an estimated 5% of their revenue annually due to fraud, according to Occupational Fraud 2022, a report to the nations. And one of the things that I always encourage is reading. You know what I'm saying, and 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 finding out about what's going on and what you can do to put mechanisms in place to prevent this type of thing from happening. Unfortunately, there's a a minor um, segment of the population, a minute, that they're looking for ways to game the system. Um, assistant right. commissioner, for example, uh, when they hear fraud programs, I mean, the amount of money we hear. The PPP program, which was a which was something the government stepped up to provide to help people who were in need, and yes. you got these predators out there. They're just yes. waiting to hear what the program is so that they could they like do, do the vulture thing and just roll on it and 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 scheme. That's and correct. then when they get catch, is all kind of balling. Oh God, mommy, help me! But the reality is, you know, if you're living foul, you're gonna pay the penalty. And and that's the only way we can do it because. In that program, as well as in all the other unemployment insurance programs, we created a system to help those who actually need it. And so when people who don't need it, whether it's that they have a job and they're getting paid on the side, mm-hmm. whether it's that they're not reporting their wages, whatever is the reason, you're making it so that somebody else who actually needs those dollars can't get those dollars mm-hmm. because you're getting those dollars. And so we have to put in things, mechanisms in place yeah, to protect people from themselves Sales, sometimes. Yeah. But look, the first thing... Um, Ms. Tadman, uh, when I became a senator in 2005, Lorraine Berry was our senator president, and she said, you know, there are times that we actually got to pass legislation to protect people from themselves, yes. right? And this is a classic example of what we're talking about here, um, Ms. Tadman, where um, there are instances where people might feel the need to believe, well, I could just sneak, I could sneak this and try this and all that stuff, but you got to put those penalties in place to deter them from thinking that way, right, Ms. Tadman? Yes, and and we do have those penalties in place in in the Virgin Islands Department of Labor for unemployment insurance. Um, One of them, one of the very severe ones is that you will not be able to collect any additional unemployment benefits when we recognize your committee and fraud for up to 52 weeks. Wow. You'll get cut off immediately. Mm -hmm. So the penalties are a year. 
penalties a year. Gets nothing because you wouldn't listen early on. Because, you, yeah, but, but you know, I, I feel that people, we as a department, prior to you receiving or being eligible, we let you know what is expected. And so there's no need for this. You are aware of it. That's one of the things we're required to do is to tell you what you can and cannot do. Mm-hmm. So you, you and you have to sign off that you read this information. Yes, that's correct. In, in, in addition to that, if you had a valid future claim, we can deduct the money you would have gotten to pay back the money you took incorrectly before. Mm-hmm. So you could get the penalty that way and you can make it so that in the future you can't collect until that is repaid. So there's a, a variety of mechanisms that we have to put in place mm-hmm. to be able to recover back the fund because the fund is something that we are responsible as a, as a stewards of and so we have to make sure we protect the fund. No, I like to tease the, um, <coughs> the commission about this. So I'm going to ask the trio this question. Sure. What is it like knowing that um, I start with you, Davi. Davina. Okay. I, I, just, I just like calling you the name. Davina. I like hearing it. It's okay. We're good. We're good. Right. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, her dad was uh, 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 just an, uh, a nice person, but not only that, he was a he was he was a, a professional vet, right? He was a vet, right? Mm-hmm. And and he was just you know just. The awesome person. I mean, so I'm gonna leave it at that before I start getting choked up here. Let, yeah, because I'm already starting. Yeah, I know. I know. Let, let, let me ask the three eye this question because I like to tease the, the, the commissioner about this. What's it like knowing that Ayokia Mamagai, the governor, because he was the commissioner of labor? <laughs> hey, listen, it, it, it's a challenge. It, it, we always have to be on our P's and Q's. Yeah. Um, you know, he knows everything that goes on in labor, the ins and outs. Mm-hmm. He ran it for eight years. So, you know, we have to be on our P's and Q's, period. Yeah. And I think we do a very good job at that. You know, we, we, we're definitely advancing and, and technologically wise. Everything is just becoming more... Um, easier for, for, for people to access programs and to, to access um, job search or to have job searches. So I think we're doing a great job. <laughs> Ms. Ms. Tadna, what, what what's that like knowing that uh, with, the, with the governor being uh, acutely aware of the ins and outs of that agency uh, and that, that you, got, you really got to stay on top of things? We have to because uh, when he gets his calls up there from his constituents, you know, we can't tell him, well, you know, no, 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 he knows. <laughs> can't get around it. He knows. So we just have to get straight to the fire and, and, and face the fire and let him know what it is. How long have you been, you been in labor now? Um, how long have I been in labor? I'm back here a year and a half. I worked prior. I worked for about 13 years, I think. Wow. Wow, that's that's awesome. And you, Assistant Commissioner? I I think it's actually a great opportunity because when you have governmental understanding, Mm -hmm. because there's 22 agencies, right? But when the governor really deeply understands what we are faced with, he can be a great partner with us to make sure that we advance all of the initiatives that he wants. So, for example, we didn't touch on JAG today, but he is actually going to be the vice chair of National JAG. So when you have a person who is already fully understanding at the governor level 
about the initiatives that you want, about understanding about, about fraud and how it really impacts the BLS side of the house, how it impacts the workforce system, how it impacts the economy. It's really a great opportunity for us to be able to, to do even greater things. So some people may see it as a challenge, but it really, to me, is a, is a great opportunity for the department. Um, Ms. Martinez. Yes, sir. Is there anything... Um, that we're doing online during the week um, for Fraud Week that the public can uh, sign on with uh, um, based on national stuff if, if we're not doing anything locally? Well, for Fraud Week, we're definitely posting um, as much information as possible on our social media. So make sure you follow us on our Facebook page. Um, we also will be posting information on www.vidal.gov. And if you want to find out more information about fraud or any of our programs, you can always call the Department of Labor on St. Croix at 773-1994 and on St. Thomas it's 776-3700. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything uh, that the, the, the young people um, need to know? Um, because you did mention we're expanding Lyft, you said? Yeah, we're, we're actually in the, the fall session right now. And then we're going to have another session coming up in, um, in the spring. So mm-hmm. make sure you follow the Facebook page once again. Um, you also check the website. And we'll be posting when the applications are open, available, so that you can apply online. Everything is done online. If you're an employer that's also interested in being a part of the program, you can apply online as well. We're trying to make everything as easy as possible for you to access at the Department of Labor. And I also wanted to mention that we do have um, a job fair coming up in St. John tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And it's the first ever job fair that we're holding in St. John. So it's a really big deal. Um, you know, veterans are going to have um, top priorities over there. So make sure if you're looking for a job, walk with your updated resume. You know, Time, this, location. The time is 11 to 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, the location is the legislature building. And we want to see you there. We want you to come out. You might find your dream job, you know. Um, we also have the areas in which you can apply for jobs for as construction, hotel, restaurant, banking, security, retail, technology, aviation, medical, and there's just so much more. So make sure you come out. We're trying to get everybody hired all over the territory. Job fair <laughs> tomorrow, St. John, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Legislature building. Okay, when you come off the ferry, uh, just walk straight up. Straight up. up the road there and you're going to see a, a beautiful building on the left-hand side, two-story building. You can't miss it. Um, Assistant Commissioner, I'm going to allow for you to, to be the one to, to talk to the public, to discourage them from wanting to get into any type of you know, behavior that could lead to, to long-term humiliation, pain, what have you. So thank you for the opportunity. So I would just say to anyone who is viewing and listening, I have represented people being a former public defender, sat next to them. You don't want to get to BOC. You don't want to have the difficulty. And you don't want to be a person who creates a situation where other people, their families, it's a small community, are saying, oh, look what Johnny did to be able and embarrass your family. Even if you're going to do it for yourself, don't embarrass your family. So we have steps in place to prevent fraud from happening in the Department of Labor. But... It's really a personal decision to make sure you do the right thing. So we're really encouraging you to, if you're having a, if you're having a financial difficulty, there's resources for that. If you have other areas, substance abuse, there are resources for that. Don't go down this path. We really don't want to see any of our community members um, fall into some of the difficulties that other people have. And um, you want to, to buttress that, Ms. Ms. Um, Ms. Tadman? Yes. Um 
I just want to say to the community, if you see something, say something. We do have a fraud hotline here at the uh, Integrity Unit for Unemployment Insurance, and that's 340-715-5716. Can you repeat that number, please? 340-715-5716. That's a fraud hotline. And it's an anonymous hotline. Yes. Anonymous as well. Okay, good. So, you know, I hope that um, this discussion today um, served its purpose in terms of uh, discouraging folks who, um, Ms. Martinez mentioned, sometimes you're going through hardships. Right. You know, and, and you know, your desperation, you know, creates, uh, you know, uncharacteristic behavior. And uh, whatever you do, just lean on somebody. Don't violate the law. And, uh, because at some point, the reconciliation process brings out everything because everything is documented. Yes. In particular, when you're dealing with government funds and all that stuff. So don't go that route. Okay? I want to thank all three of you. Go on, uh, close yes. remark. Yes. I, I would just like to take this opportunity to thank the staff at the Department of Labor in both the St. Croix and St. Thomas offices because we know they've done a tremendous job from the, during the pandemic and beyond. And we really right now uh, want to express that gratitude to them because of what they what they do every day and how they show up for the community so we just want to make sure that they they hear that thank you and thank you for working with us as partners there's going to be a lot more programs as miss martinez mentioned this is apprenticeship week as well so we're gonna yeah. have some programs coming on later this after this week um as a uh, virtual forum on thursday and so we want to really turn the tide from unemployment to workforce development but we have to also keep in into consideration not to violate the law so thank um, you for the time you got it and um I want to thank you, Ms. Ms. Beryl Todman. Thank you very much for joining us this morning. You're Appreciate welcome. it. Uh, thank you, Assistant Commissioner uh, Nisha Christian Hendrickson. And I saved Darby for last. Um, Lily Rona, right? Tell Gary to, to reach out to me so I could get you on so we could talk some numbers here on my show. Don't okay? worry, we got you. We I, got I you. That. I'm glad to have you here, okay? All right. Department of Labor, um, National Fraud Prevention Week, International Fraud Awareness. Uh, week, uh, um, yo, oh, Dr. Kevin Dixon, I'm a boy. <laughs> Congratulations, sir. Okay. Congratulations to the department. Be good and be safe. Thank you very much, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. You got it. Thank you to my DJ as well. Danny Challenger this morning. Be good. Be safe. Talk to you tomorrow. The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. The news nowadays is a bit like our weather, much more extreme. The headlines that grab the most attention generate a lot of heat and not much light. On 1A, we rely on your questions and stories to help us better understand the issues that demand more than a few tweets. With your help, we'll get to the heart of the story together. Catch 1A at its new time, weekdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. During a busy day, it can be hard to make room for even one more thing. So it's a real plus that All Things Considered from NPR News is great for multitaskers. You can confidently add being well-informed to your to-do list and know that you will get it done. 
Whether you're cleaning out your junk drawer on a quick drive or something else, listen to All Things Considered every weekday afternoon. From 5 to 8 p.m. right here on WTJX-FM 93.1.